0: If you would open your Bibles to Acts 11, we're going to actually talk about what happens in Acts 10. But I thought it would be really good to hear from what happened from somebody who experienced it, which is Peter. And he explains it to other disciples in Acts 11. So we're going to read Acts 11, starting at verse 1. Okay, you there? Acts 11, starting at verse 1. It says, now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard, everybody say heard, that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him saying, you went into an uncircumcised man and ate with them. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. Everybody say vision. An object descending like a great sheet, let down from heaven by four corners, and he came to me. When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild bees creeping things and birds of the air and i heard a voice saying to me rise peter kill and eat but everybody say but but i said not so lord for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth but the voice everybody say voice answered me again from heaven. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this was done three times. Everybody say three times. And all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, Three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Everybody say, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we enter the man's house. Verse 13. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house, who said to him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning, then I remembered, everybody say remember, the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us, son when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent. Everybody say silent. And they glorify God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Let us pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are good. And we are your sons and daughters that are able to hear your voice clearly. And your sons and daughters' ability to hear your voice is not dependent on how spiritual I was this week or how great I was this week. But just because we are your sons and daughters, no matter what state, we are able to hear your voice. So will you silence every lie of the enemy and help us to truly believe that you're speaking to us and help us to hear. Listen, trust, believe, and obey. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You guys remember who was here two weeks ago at the night service? Raise your hand. Okay. Right. Lift it high so people know who was here. Okay. Because you're my witnesses. Okay. So do you guys remember two weeks ago when we had a night service, we had a prophetic word for Pastor Vern? Say, yeah, talk to me, okay? Remember, I'm married to a black man, right? You got to talk back to the preacher. And remember, the word of God was Pastor Vern was a living testimony of this house. That even if you and I didn't experience the healing power or miracle power, Pastor Vern did. He was having a heart attack. And in the middle of the heart attack, God touched him and healed him right? And so God told him, you're the living testimony of this house. And if you guys remember, I said, everybody, young people especially, look at Pastor Vern. Look at Pastor Vern, right? And so that was good, right? Pastor Vern is the living testimony of the house. And the word of God was that he was going to restore the testimony of this house, right? So, you know, we went home and Good, but all day Monday, I felt like, man, God's not done speaking to Pastor Vern, right? So I actually preached a sermon based on all of that last week in Emeryville. So if you haven't listened to it, go to our podcast and listen to it. It's called The Broken Teacup. The reason why I called it The Broken Teacup is all day Monday, I was like, Benjamin, God's not done talking to Pastor Vern. Something about that living testimony. So can you call him? Call him and make, make a dinner appointment or something. He's like, okay, okay. And then we both forgot. <laughs> and then on Tuesday, I saw my phone. And I saw that I had a missed call from Pastor Vern. I am like, oh, he called me and he was on my heart all day yesterday. So I quickly called him back. Pastor Vern, you called me? And then he's like, yeah, yeah, Pastor Sonny, I have to tell you, I have to tell you. After that prophetic word on Sunday, God's been speaking to me all day yesterday. I was like, oh my gosh, God told me he wanted to talk to you more. And I thought I had to tell you what God was going to say. But God himself was talking to Pastor Vern. And Pastor Vern said, all day yesterday, all I could think about is the broken teacup. I was like, what? So Pastor Sonny, this is Pastor Vern. Pastor Sonny, I was in Japan many, many, many years ago, and I went to this store that sold pots, teapots. And there, I saw this repaired, restored teacup. And he said, you know, if, when the potter makes teacups and teapots, right, out of clay, when one breaks, what do you do with that broken cup? They throw it away. But in this store, There was a master potter who retrieved the broken teacup from the garbage and he restored it with gold. And what was once broken, thrown into the garbage, once the master potter repaired it, it became more valuable. And he said this, many years ago, it didn't make sense, but I had to buy that repair teacup pastor Sonny back then many it was that for that one repair teacup was hundred dollars but I didn't know why I just had to buy it and so all day I'm remembering this and then and then and then I was like I I have it somewhere I gotta look for it he searched everywhere and he couldn't find it and he was getting frustrated he said and then all of a sudden he heard God's voice said Vern you're not going to be able to find that teacup he said, why not, God? And God said, because you're my Oh, my God. I was like, whoa. And then he said, and I hear, I keep hearing your voice from that night that I'm the living testimony. And sometimes, according to Pastor Vern, sometimes, you know, like, you know, as our, our elders get older and older, sometimes they don't feel that useful in the community. You know, even though he's so powerful and he could, he could just look in your eyes and you just melt, right? But he said, you know, a lot of times those repair teacups, people don't buy it to actually use it. They look at it and they admire it. Wow. And then he kept hearing my voice saying, everyone, look at Pastor Vern. Look at Pastor Vern. And he realized that he's the repaired, broken teacup that God had repaired. And because I was repaired, I'm more valuable than before I was broken. Man, isn't that just so powerful, right? And often, just like Apostle Paul, right? He did a lot of things. And to certain Christians, we may feel like he just went too far. If I was Stefan's mother, and and Apostle Paul allowed other Jews to like stone him to death, as a as Stefan's mother, I'm like, Paul went too far. Like, I don't want him to be forgiven. <laughs> like, okay, maybe at the end of his life you could save him, but but maybe that's about it, right? But often we disqualify disqualify others, even ourselves, because we see the brokenness. But that the word of God last week was that God is into the business of writing redemption stories. Just like he wrote redemption story from the beginning of Genesis, once Adam and Eve fell into sin. He wrote that redemption story through Paul's life, and he's writing that redemption story in your life. Hmm? Now, so I feel like just keep that in mind. I was, last week we talked about Paul. Today we're going to talk about Peter a little bit. And we once we learn not to disqualify ourselves, right? I want you to hear what God has to say to us through the life of Peter. You know, um, a few weeks ago I met with a friend, right? And that friend said, you know what, Sonny? I'm like, what? You know, I met with this other friend. I was like, yeah. And this other friend said this, this, this about you. And I thought, oh, and it was not true. In reality, I did the opposite. Like I went out of my way to be nice to this other friend. And then There was a rumor, false rumor saying I did the opposite. And I was like, what? That's not fair. Like if I didn't do anything, okay. But I did the opposite. But then there was like false accusation and rumor going around. I was like, that's not fair, right? But then I heard the voice of God very silent, quiet, but so loud in my heart. He says, Sonny, forgive quickly. And blessed generously. Ooh. Like, there's no way I could come up with that. I'm an immigrant. <laughs> and I'm not a selfless person. <laughs> play a game with me. I will fight you till the end to win. Like, I'm not that nice. So it had to be God. <laughs> First year of marriage, Benjamin and I used to play board games. We ended up fighting every night after. And because of that, we stopped playing. Because we're both so competitive, right? So I'm not that nice. So for me to hear that, Sonny, forgive quickly. Don't dwell upon it. Don't, why well, I did this. I, no, 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 no. Forgive quickly and bless generously. It's like, wow, okay. Okay, I could do that, God. I could do that. And then I thought about David. You know, David knows, Right? the king david from old testament i thought about him saul without any reason went after to kill david over and over and over again right come on saul like can't you trust god david's there to help you come on right but saul went over right and beyond to kill david right and they but then at the end david right god lifts up David and honors David, and King Saul dies. His son Jonathan, who was David's best friend, dies. And when David became king over whole Israel, you know what he said? He said, is there anybody? I think it's 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. This is what he said. Now David said, is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness? And he went and he searched and he realized that that Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, everybody say Mephibosheth, (laughs) was still alive, like living in this place called Lobar. And according to historians, Lobar was like the ghetto of ghetto. You know, those places where like when I used to live in the ghetto and every time I parked, I had to like, I would like, look behind I would run right open the door to get in he lived in the ghetto of the ghetto and and David even though Saul his grandfather made his life miserable living in the wilderness homeless for many years he forgave quickly and he blessed generously so he brought Mephibosheth from Lobar And he said, I'm going to restore all your grandfather's land, everything he had. I'm going to restore it to you. But not only that, you could live here in my castle and you could eat with me every meal. David forgave quickly and blessed generously. And I, you may feel like, what are you talking about, P.S.? We just read about Peter and the vision that he had. What, what, what does that got to do with anything? Right? Stay with me. It will all make sense at the end. You see, Peter, Peter was like, Jesus, I will never go away from you. I will die with you. Jesus, I'm gonna die with you. And then what happens? He denied Jesus three times. Right? And then The third time he denied, his eyes locked with Jesus. And Peter ran out and he wept. But not only did he reap, you know, he actually left Jerusalem. He left ministry. He went back to fishing. This Peter, he's fishing. And Jesus resurrected comes to the sea. And he sees Like, he's in the boat, and he sees a form of somebody walking, and people are like, who's that? And then he heard somebody say, is that Jesus? Because they all saw Jesus die on the cross. Is that Jesus? Peter, who denied Jesus, who left ministry quickly jumped in the ocean. Like I would do something like that. Jumped in the ocean. He swam to the shore and he ran to Jesus and Jesus restored him back. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you and feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. So Peter goes back and he serves Jesus with his life. It's this Peter that we see in chapter 10. This Peter is in Joppa, right? And he's praying at the same time, right? This Peter is giving his all to love Jesus and serve Jesus. There was a man named Cornelius. Everybody say Cornelius. Acts 10 verses 1 and 2 tells us about who Cornelius is, right? He's a man from Caesarea. He's a devout man. Everybody say devout man who feared God with all his household and gave him generously to the people and prayed to God always. So here in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, who's not even a Jew, is worshiping, praying to God, right? And he's giving generously to the people of God. And he's praying. And not only just praying, he's fasting. Like, what? The real believers, that's hard for us to fast ourselves. Like, he's not even a believer yet in his fasting. That's how hungry he was for truth and for God. And as his fasting and praying, an angel shows up and says, Cornelius. And he's like, oh, yes, send men to Joppa. There's a man named Peter. Go get him. He's going to tell you how to be saved. And so he sends three people, right, to Joppa. And now as these three men are approaching Peter, Peter goes up in the housetop and he's praying. And it says he was hungry. What verse is that? He said he was very hungry, right? Verse 10. It says, then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Anybody been hungry? I got into a big fight with Benjamin last week. Can I tell you about it? You know why we fought? Because I was hangry. I've been wanting Korean barbecue for a long time. And I've been hinting at my husband, I want Korean barbecue. I want Korean barbecue. And you know, I would think, oh, he's going to take me to Korean barbecue. But it's been two weeks and he hasn't taken me to Korean barbecue. So finally, well, I got to, okay, I got to make it happen myself, I guess. (laughs) So we picked up Aletia from school, and we said, why don't we go out? Let's go shopping. And, and, And I preached somewhere else, and I got a love offering, right? It's like, I'll buy you guys an outfit. You guys could buy whatever you want. And after, let's go eat Korean barbecue. I will pay for it. And so we go shopping, right? And then and then he's like, while we're shopping, Benjamin's like, oh, I want jamba juice. I'm like, okay. I didn't think anything of it because no juice would stop my husband from eating barbecue, guys. I'm not bitter. You know where this is going. So he had jamba juice while we were shopping. And now after we were done, I even yelled something. And then we said, okay, let me give you the, let me make it easy for you, husband. Here's the address that you could drive to. So we go to this Korean barbecue and, and I'm getting excited. (gasps) Korean barbecue. I waited two weeks. I'm like excited, right? I'm ready to order all you can eat Korean barbecue. And as I'm about to order it, my husband says, I'm not hungry. I'm not going to eat. I feel like girls understand me, but guys are like, so? <laughs> <laughs> Korean barbecue, you have to order at least two. You can't order one. And then uh, I thought, okay, then maybe a late and uh, we'll order two, and you know, and the late day I said, I want kalbi. And kalbi was not included in the all you can eat. Long story short, we left. And I was so hungry, and I was so angry. The whole time, I'm pouting, and Benjamin's like, if you were that hungry, why don't you just order and eat? (gasps) But that's not the point! (laughs) I mean, so, you know, we went to Trader Joe's, we got those marinated carby, and, you know, we ate. And I was so mean, I was like, I felt so betrayed. I was so mean. Like I said things that I can't even repeat here. Until I ate Kalbi and I was nicer after. So Peter was hungry. He I understand. He was so hungry, he fell into a trance. I understand. Men, husbands, boyfriends, fiancés, listen, when your girlfriends and wives want to eat something, it doesn't matter if you don't have, you just got to make it happen. Trust me. Hmm? So Peter was hungry and he fell into a trance. And in his vision, this is so ghetto, sorry, here, hold the other end. The other end, yeah. A sheep like this, a white sheep, falls from heaven, right? And Peter's like, whoa, what is that? God's about to feed me, right? But when he looks, he sees these unclean animals and bugs and birds, right? And he hears the voice saying, Peter, rise up, kill, and eat. You see? But you don't understand. I want you guys to open your Bibles to Leviticus 11 okay this whole chapter it's kind of boring but when you go home just read it but it makes sense of what Peter was going through look at verse verse 4 it says Leviticus 11 verse 4 it says nevertheless these you shall not eat everybody say you shall not eat see God lists all these animals saying this is unclean, this is unclean, don't eat this, don't eat that, don't eat this. And he shows the pictures of critters. These you could eat, but these you can't eat. And he shows the birds and said these you could eat, these you can't eat. So Back in Acts chapter 10, this white sheep comes down, and all Peter sees as a Jewish man is those unclean animals and bugs and birds that he's not supposed to eat, that he has never eaten all his life. And God's like, Peter, you hungry? Mm-hmm. Eat. And Peter said, Even if I starve to death, God, I would never eat that. I'm a Jew right? No, God, I've never, I've never eaten unclean animals in my life. And a voice answered him and said, what God has cleansed, you must not call unclean. And he says, this happened three times. And as the vision happened three times, these three men that Cornelius sent was about to, like, knock on the door. And as they were about to knock on the door looking for Peter, the voice said, Peter, these three men came to get you. He said, go with them, doubting nothing. Everybody say, doubting nothing. And so he goes down. He said, I'm the Peter that you're looking for. And he tells them, "My Cornelius is a good man. And an angel came and he told him to send us here so that you will come. And so because he already heard, he said, I'll go with you. So the next day, Peter goes to Cornelius' house. You see, as a Jew, you're not supposed to eat with Gentiles. You're not even supposed to go into their home but peter because of this vision that god showed him about unclean animals while he was hungry come on you guys you've you've eaten s- s- some crazy things when you were hungry especially after a fast come on right come on right so he goes in and peter his his humanity wants to question but god i'm not supposed to be in here God, I'm not supposed to associate with the Gentiles, but God keeps, He keeps hearing God's voice, go with them without doubting. Don't doubt, just go. And so he shares that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he died for you and I. And he he, the Holy Spirit, God anointed Jesus, he just preaches about Jesus. And as his he is preaching the holy spirit who comes upon them and they're speaking in tongues and they're getting filled with the holy spirit and peter said well he said and then i remember jesus said that john the baptist baptized you with water but you will be baptized with the holy spirit well if holy spirit is baptizing these gentiles what am i so let's baptize them in water right so here Peter is what obeying the voice of God. Let me ask you this. When you think about the sheet, I want you to imagine yourself before God, and you're that Peter. And if the heaven were to open, and the sheet came out before you, what would be in that sheet? What are the things that you've judged unclean? What are the things that you said never will lie? What are the things that keeps you from moving forward with God's will over your life? You see, Peter had a choice in that housetop. He had a choice to listen and obey quickly or struggle with this new paradigm. The Old Testament says God. Hmm? But do you know what I realize? Often you and I are given that choice. Sometimes God is asking you, I know they're saying nonsense, but I want you to forgive them quickly. And not only forgive them quickly, bless them generously. And you have a choice. You have a choice. Do I listen and obey quickly? Or do I struggle? But God, you know what they did and what I did. Oh, you, you have a choice to quickly respond to this way or that way. And Peter, even though he was, he was a Jew that knew the Old Testament. And three times God showed him, do not call unclean what God has cleansed. Hmm? And I thought about it. Like, what if, like, you know, in my street, there's something ridiculous, right? It's like, how, how far can I believe that it's God? How far can I believe it's God or it's just me? And I thought, you know, Peter, when he saw those unclean animals and Jesus and God is saying, like, those unclean animals represented the Gentiles, right? Was God actually making Peter believe something god never told israel's about is it a new thing it, to peter in that moment it felt like a new paradigm but was it really if anything in your sheet that's before you and you cannot find them in the bible then you got a question is that really god is that really god And I had to be like, okay, God, are you doing something new? Or are you continuing your work when you call Peter to this new paradigm? And then I felt like the Lord said, I was not doing something new, Sonia. I was continuing my work of salvation. Maybe I, I didn't give it to you. I want you to open your Bibles to Isaiah 49, verse 6. If you're there, it says, indeed, he says, it is too small. Everybody say, too small. It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I also will give you as a light to the Gentiles. He's not talking in the New Testament here. This is Old Testament. At Israel, it's not, it's too small for you to be a Jew and serve me as my people. I'm gonna give you. As a light to the Gentiles for salvation to the ends of the earth. And then, you know, you move ahead a couple chapters in Acts. Acts thirteen forty seven. The Lord commands us, they said, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be salvation to the ends of the earth. And even if you look at Genesis and Exodus, think about it, guys. Well, let's think about Exodus. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He called Moses, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go that they may worship me. But then when, and when Moses goes, God hardens Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let Israel's go. Did Benjamin tell you on this side how they had, he had this long conversation with Alethia? They were reading, she reads about two to three chapters a day, and she was reading Exodus. And while reading and listening, she paused it and said, Daddy, I don't understand. I'm like, why? If God really wanted Pharaoh to let Israel go, why would God harden Pharaoh's heart? Like to a nine-year-old, it didn't make sense. And so Benjamin said he had like 45 minutes to an hour conversation with Aletheia from Abraham all the way, right? And so I tried to talk to her. I like that. Did you understand what daddy was saying yesterday? He was like, huh? <laughs> Benjamin was so proud about that talk, right? But why would God harden Pharaoh's heart when he called Moses to go talk to Pharaoh? It's over and over. I'll just give you one scripture because I don't want, right? Exodus fourteen four. it says, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians, everywhere I say Egyptians, not just Israelites, not just God's chosen people, but that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. From Old Testament, from the beginning, it was in God's heart to say, the Gentiles, hmm? God was not doing something new or different, but He's continuing His good work of salvation. You know, a lot of times, whatever is in the sheet of your life, maybe it's certain beliefs. You know, it took me many years to overcome certain beliefs as a conservative Presbyterian growing up. Did you know? I did not like tongue-speaking Christians because I was taught growing up that it's more demonic than Holy Spirit. So if I heard somebody speaking in tongue, I'm like, ooh. At the same time, I was so hungry for more of God. But here, help me again. But in my sheet, I judged something that was of God as unclean, as something that's not good. And it took me many years to overcome what was in this sheet for me. You hear me? There are things in your sheet that God is placing before you. There are certain things, maybe some disappointments, maybe certain beliefs or values that you thought was God. Because even Paul, that he was serving God when he was persecuting Christians. For Paul, it was that belief, it was wrong belief that kept Paul. For Peter too, he had a choice. He had a choice in Acts 10. When he saw what was in that sheet, that was going to keep him from moving forward with God's will over his life. Okay, let's see. Second row. Come. Stand in the middle with me. Help me. And I preached this like a few weeks ago in Emeryville side, like something, but I want to show this. Like, kind of block me. Okay. Yeah. I talked about this. You see, there's realms that we live in as Christians. This side, you don't have to be in one line, right? This side, Is physical realm. This is where we live. And every realm has its rules that governs that realm. Here, right, if you get punched, it hurts. If somebody betrays you, it hurts. Here, if you're hungry, you get hangry. Here, you're still loved. Here, Right? We live our lives here often. But as God's sons and daughters, God calls us to another realm, a higher realm, where the spiritual rules. On that side, what is impossible is possible. Here, if you get sick, you got to take medicine. And if you die, you die. There. That that rule doesn't apply. Even when you die, God could still resurrect. And as sons and daughters, we hear God calling us to that realm, to higher level of faith, right? To a higher life of living a surrendered life. And so, you know, we live here, and then we we said, okay, we're going to go, but we are faced with obstacles. And those obstacles are different for each person right? And you're thinking, God, you're the one who called me. Why aren't you making a way? And so now you get angry, you get disappointed, and you turn around, and you live our lives here. But what's crazy is, even when you live here, you're still loved. You're still a precious child of God. But the longer you live here, when you belong on the other side, it's not just you're left alone. The enemy comes and speaks lies to you so that you wouldn't press through. You know what keeps you from pressing through? It's whatever is in your sheet. You know what God is saying? Today, today you don't need a 10 years of therapy and processing to get rid of these. Today, all it takes, just like Peter, Peter didn't have time to go get other teachers and believers and say, let's really search the Bible. This is the three vision I had. You know what? He had to quickly obey and immediately. And so in a sense, when it's hard, we go back. But you know, it takes some pressing through to get to the other side. You guys are so good. When I did this, I remember they actually like stopped me from going through. <laughs> and I tell them, stop, right? Okay. Stay there. Here, right? Here, you get to experience God the way you've never experienced Him before. Here, you get to truly live out your destiny. There, you feel like nobody. But here, here, you see yourself the way God sees you. He says, here, you are powerful and you are loved. Here, anything is possible. Here, you get to walk with Jesus closely. God is saying, sons and daughters, you can live here. But in order for you to press through these obstacles, You gotta really stop to look at what's in that sheet. What is there? And to not allow what kept you in the past because of disappointment. You know what I sense in the spirit? You've been disappointed, but you've listened to the lies of the enemy. And instead of really Feeling the sadness of being disappointed. You know what you believe? You are believing the lie of the enemy that says, I just don't care anymore. You may be seated. I feel like so many sons and daughters of God are saying, I don't care. Eh, eh, I'm not about that. Eh. Even your eh is in here I want to ask the worship team Chinwe, you have one more song right can you do that Okay. because I was preparing upstairs praying and I heard that song and like I felt that in the spirit like really being able to like press through into another realm so I want, I want us to sing that but I want you to stand up with me and I want you to allow the spirit of God speak to you. Peter was angry, but he was still able to hear God. I don't know what you're going through emotionally, but even then, you can still hear your father's voice. But pastor, I haven't prayed. I haven't read my Bible. But pa- no, 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 no. Whether Alethea was good or not, she could always hear her mommy and her daddy's voice. So, today, will you just drown out any other voice? Even drown out persons standing next to you. I want you to stand just you before God, just like Peter was on the host- to- housetop by himself. was hungry but he used that hunger god used that hunger to speak to peter and he allowed peter to see this vision vision from heaven a sheet coming down from heaven and peter said it came to me it came to me and as the sheet opened up he saw A lot of things that he judged. Come on. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would open the eyes of your sons and daughters today. That they would see what's in their sheet. Maybe they're like Paul and they feel like I've just gone too far. And they've been disqualifying themselves. maybe they're like Peter I believe certain things certain way thus far I don't know if I could believe a different way father whatever it is whether it is their brokenness that they're judging themselves or they're judging others Because of hurt or pain or disappointment God whatever is in that sheet that keeps your sons and daughters from pressing in to the realm that you are calling them in that realm God you're calling us to walk with you side by side in that realm Lord you're calling us to know you intimately greater way better way So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would show us what's in that sheet and give us faith. Give us faith, God, to forgive quickly and to bless generously as we worship this last